Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Last Drinks podcast, a new conversation about how to navigate an awesome life without alcohol reframing the cultural norms around alcohol in our lives and hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Hey friends, welcome to Last Drinks. I hope you loved last week's episode with Laura Willoughby. If you didn't catch it, please, before you listen to this episode, go back and listen to the interview that I did with her. She's the brains behind Club Soda, which is the biggest mindful drinking community in the United Kingdom. She started that and it all, I guess, started when she had her last drink. It was such a wonderful conversation. And the reason why I want you to go back and listen to it, if you haven't already, is because today's episode is sort of a springboard from that conversation. So today I want to talk about what mindful drinking actually is. I know I talk a lot on this podcast about sobriety. We talk about people's last drink and I guess what led up to that moment in their lives, what kind of a drinker they were, how they quit and how life has been. There's a huge scale on sobriety and moderation and I think it's come up in a few conversations that I'm having in this podcast setting that some people just cannot drink. It is their kryptonite. I'm in that category. It it is not an option for me. It's not on the table. It's not something that I want to do because I know it's going to be a category 10 disaster. That's me. There are other people who can drink a glass of wine and sit on that one glass of wine for hours. And that's them. So Even though there is a lot of evidence to suggest that zero drinks is the best number, there are people who are going to want to enjoy a drink here and there. And I think that's where this idea of mindful drinking is a really great conversation and something to think about. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, pause Go back a week, listen to the episode with Laura Willoughby, Last Drinks with Laura Willoughby, and then come back. So mindful drinking, what does that even mean? I mean, in a way, it's it's sort of ironic. When I think about my relationship with alcohol was just a disaster. It was just bad news. It just did not work for me. And I would often drink to forget And so mindfulness is not in that equation at all. So the concept of mindful drinking is something I've never participated in because I went from like all of the drinks at the bar all night to zero drinks at the bar for almost eight years now. And for me, there's no in-between. It is very black and white for me. I'm not going to drink alcohol. 
But there are people who can. And I think that this idea of mindful drinking is going to help people who are thinking about their relationship with alcohol and maybe it is affecting them slightly negatively. Mindful drinking is a way of looking at your relationship with alcohol without, I guess, completely stopping straight away. So I guess let's go through some definitions. I love a good definition. What is mindful drinking? I think at this point in time, it's a community. There's a community of mindful drinkers. This community is growing larger day by day. And I think in its simplest explanation, mindful drinking is about thinking whilst we are drinking. So mindful drinking is not necessarily about abstaining or quitting, but it's more about the awareness of how much you're drinking, the impact that it's having on you in the moment. It's about recognizing the reasons why you are drinking and the ramifications that alcohol consumption is having in your life. And mindful drinking really is the gateway to improving your relationship with alcohol so that if you are going to enjoy it, it is a maximized enjoyable experience and a minimized negative experience. There are loads of apps, there are groups, there are communities that you can find by a quick Google search where you can plug into a mindful drinking community and start having conversations with people about how you become aware or mindful of your alcohol consumption. There's also a mindful drinking app um, called Sunnyside. There's a few, but Sunnyside is a good one where you can do a free quiz and it can kind of, I guess, give you a bit of an assessment on your relationship with alcohol and lead you into some first thought starters on looking at what mindful drinking may be for yourself. So there's a definition um, and you guys are getting to know me on this podcast and by now you would know that I love a study, I love nerding out on research and so of course I have some studies and some research to back up what I'm talking about and why I think it's important enough to do an episode of this podcast about. In 2019, 47% of adults in the US, so I only have US stats, but you know, we do have an audience in America. And I think in Australia, we can, I think that our cultures are similar. I think our drinking behaviors are similar. We, you know, Aussies and Americans, we're in the Western world. You know, I, I feel like we can I don't want to say they're a parallel or a mirror of each other, but I think that we're probably pushing the same numbers on this type of research here in Australia. So in 2019, 47% of adults in the US said that they were making efforts to reduce their alcohol consumption. That is a staggering amount of people who are drinking alcohol, just under half of them were in a position where they were like, I need to reduce my alcohol consumption for one reason or another. And I think the ripple effect of these types of studies is great because it then gives a real insight into 
where we're at with a society. If half of drinkers are thinking this isn't necessarily working for me, maybe not to a level where I feel like I need to quit, but I absolutely want to rein it in. Because of these types of studies, we see more media attention around words like mindful drinking and sober curiosity. And there are now sober curious influences. There are now dry bars. There are dry retreats, dry festivals, online communities, hashtags, apps, all of the things. And I think that it really has grown from studies such as this one. Another really interesting statistic is that the no and low drinks category is forecasted to grow by 31% by 2024. And so that was released in the No and Low Alcohol Strategic Study of 2021 in the IWSR Drinks Market Analysis. So that is a pretty big forecast of growth in an area of consumables. I I would say alcohol is the drinks market, the drinks are consumed, it's a consumerable. And so 31% is a massive like all of the, you know, business nerds are like, yeah, that forecasted growth is, that's wild. Like if someone was telling me that I invested in something and in a couple of years time, it would have grown by 31%. That's a solid investment. Now, I'm not all saying that everybody needs to go and open a pop-up alcohol-free bottle shop, although that's probably a great idea. All I'm saying is that there, the forecast is that more people are wanting options that are not alcohol because they want to go and socialize with a drink in their hand, but they don't want to lose control or wake up with a hangover or not be able to drive home. So this is, I guess, going to appeal to people who want to cut back and cutting back is a great first step. You know, for me, look, I, I set the date of the 1st of Jan 2015 and I stopped drinking that day. For other people, cutting back could be a really comfortable way to dip your toe into sobriety. And and this could be a great little way for you to explore that sober curiosity. There are so many reasons why somebody may decide to scale back their drinking. Um, Some of the benefits of scaling back your drinking and scaling back to zero would be my advice. But scaling back in any level is going to reduce anxiety. A study which was done by a mindful drinking app, I think they use a lot of their audience engagement to quantify results. So decreasing your alcohol intake by just 30% can lead to better sleep and reduced anxiety. And that excessive alcohol consumption causes hormonal imbalances which increase anxiety in stressful situations. It can help with weight management. There's an average of 125 calories in an alcoholic drink. So cutting out a whole drink is cutting out your caloric intake or liquid calories which have zero nutrition. So those calories do nothing for you. So that's going to be reduced, which is going to be a good thing. This is why if somebody stops drinking for a couple of months, they generally speaking, they're like, oh, and and I lost a bit of weight and I didn't even really mean to. 
Um, using alcohol in heavy amounts can affect your blood pressure. So by cutting down your drinks, you're going to lower your blood pressure. Your liver function will improve if you drink less alcohol. So alcohol can actually lead to a buildup of fat in the liver. And then the accumulation of fat can be a precursor to liver damage. So a modest reduction in alcohol use can obviously prevent those potentially dangerous changes. There are some aesthetic benefits to mindful drinking. Um, Heavy drinking does not equal glowy skin. Uh, Heavy alcohol use can lead to more wrinkling and early aging of the skin because it's a a pro-inflammatory, which means it's causing the disruption of the usual function of blood vessels in your skin. So if you cut down on alcohol or stop drinking altogether, your skin is going to look healthier. It won't be dull, dry, or puffy. That facial redness and blotchiness will go away. I do find that interesting when you see people who are big boozers and they um they have red like reddish skin and then if they stop drinking their skin just sort of changes. It's it's really quite amazing if you've seen those before and after photos that a lot of sober influencers post on a regular basis on Instagram, like a before and after. It is quite phenomenal. And another benefit to reducing your alcohol consumption is that your brain is going to work better because one of the most common benefits that patients talk about when cutting back on their drinking is greater focus, clarity, and mental energy. And so the result is often a higher cognitive performance and greater motivation. These are all benefits that I feel like we talk about quite a bit on this podcast, but it's nice just to sort of house them all together. And so because these benefits are all available, mindful drinking is like the gateway to these benefits. So if you're thinking about cutting back um, for any of those reasons or there are other reasons too, here is a bit of an idea on how to navigate social situations to help you drink more mindfully and to be aware of what alcohol is doing in your world and how to, I guess, get a handle on your relationship with alcohol. So mindful drinking, it's a proactive practice. So have a limit. Give yourself a limit. Give yourself a two-drink limit. Give yourself a one-drink limit. But make sure you say, this is my limit and I'm going to stick to it. So having a plan, entering a social situation and sticking to it is really key. You've got to pre-think this. You've got to have a pre-game before you get out socially because when you're in the moment, you can get caught up in things. So having a plan, having a limit, having a number and sticking to it makes this a really on the front foot situation for you. Looking at each event as a small win is a really cool way of motivating you to get through So instead of focusing on a whole year of cutting back, just focus on one event, like that party, that work celebration, that wedding, that bad day. If you can get through those moments with, you know, your limit intact, that's going to be a really positive thing. And I think that that will help drive your motivation to stick to the plan. 
I think you could ask a bartender to give you a half drink. So you could ask to have like, you know how you have like a Diet Coke, for example, you could ask for like a half version of the drink that you do enjoy. Again, sticking to this limit, but a half drink is a really good way of reducing your alcohol intake, but it it will, you know, it takes you twice as long almost to get that alcohol into your system, which is not a bad thing. So let's say you've got a two drink limit, but you're halving your alcohol intake. You're going to sit on those drinks for a little bit longer. And again, that's part of that mindful drinking situation where there's less alcohol happening for you, which means you can really be present with the drink that you have. Alternating drinks with water is a really good one. That is a really excellent way of have one drink and then have a water, then have one drink and then have a water and then you're done. You can sit on water for the rest of the night. Soda water with some fresh lime in a tall glass with some ice feels like a G&T. Another really good one, this is a great tip, eat food. (laughs) Oh, look, order an entree, have a dessert, have a snack. But if you're used to standing in a bar and holding something in your hand and you've reached your drink limit, you might be like, oh, what am I going to do? But if you've got a snack on a plate, at least there's something in your hand and it's not going to be alcohol. So eating can definitely break up that whole drinking, drink from drink to drink to drink thing that we can sometimes do when we're not being mindful. And then another really, this is something that I, I think mindful drinking is centered around is to enjoy the drink that you are having. So whether it's got alcohol in it or not, sip it, savor it, enjoy it. What we do, I think, when we're socializing and not being mindful about our alcohol consumption is is we can end up just knocking back drinks so fast. And that is what I think binge drinking is centered around is just this idea of not even thinking about your drinking and then your brain and your body kind of catch up and then it's too late. So I think nursing your drink, this is not just for people who are cutting back. You know, if you're sober, and you're out at a bar and you still got this beautiful glass of fancy sparkling water with some fresh lime in it, enjoy that, like savour that. And you're hydrating yourself. You know, w- water is the best stuff. It's the best drink you can put in your body. And so think about that and, and savour that. I think that's a really, really cool one. Another thing that's going to really encourage you is just to understand if you're part of this mindful drinking community, it is a community. You're part of a group of people who have become aware and who are trying their very best to show up as their very best. And when it comes to alcohol, it's very tricky. So being part of a community is really encouraging to know that there are loads of people who are thinking about their drinking, who are being mindful. And these pe- this is the group of people that are able to have a drink or two and it not be a Category 10 disaster. I think the idea of leaving early is totally fine. 
There's been many nights where I have stayed because I just felt like I couldn't leave and that's when things would go from bad to worse for me and it was because I didn't feel like I had, I guess, the confidence to go, hey, guys, I'm tapping out. And look, social pressure is huge. Peer pressure is huge. And I have absolutely, you know, had my fair share of confrontations with people who didn't want me to leave a party or who definitely wanted me to have another drink. And it's really hard to have a conversation with somebody who wants you to do something other than what you want to do, especially if they're half cut. So I think allowing yourself the freedom and the power to go, I'm good, I'm done, I'm going home now. And usually for me, nowadays, I mean, once the sun goes down, <laughs> it's really, you you would be hard-pressed to find me out of my home. And if it, if the sun has gone down and I am out of my house, it's probably because I'm going for a family walk with my husband and my child. <laughs> but, you know, when I'm out and about, there's definitely this time at around 9. Yeah, about 9 p.m. when things just start to go a little crazy and get a little chaotic. And I think for a lot of people, that's when it's like when the first round of shots is ordered. That when I had stopped drinking, but I was still socializing in bars and and pubs in environments that were very boozy. As soon as somebody ordered shots, I would be like, "See ya," and just moonwalk out of there and not apologize. I would be like, "Hey, I'm going, and I'm getting up early, and I'm gonna go for a beautiful sunrise walk and." I'm going to enjoy my morning and so I'm going to go home now so that I can enjoy my morning because that's my promise to me. So I get that it is really hard in those environments to tap out early, but you have permission. You have the right, you have the resources to be able to go, hey, I'm done here and I'll catch up with you at, at another time and Get out, get out of there and go home and slap on your trackies and sit down on the couch and pat yourself on the back and go, good job. And, and on that, another really cool thing that you can do to, I guess, stay the path of mindful drinking is to give yourself little rewards. You know, if you've stuck to your plan and you've done a good thing, the money that you're saving by not drinking, spend it on something really cool. Spend it on that book that you really want to read or, um, you know, upgrade your exercise equipment or go and have that massage or do something really good for you as a reward to say, hey, you're doing a good job. You're, you're mindfully drinking and you're not losing it. So those inbuilt rewards can be really beautiful and it could just be something really simple it doesn't even need to be about spending money but I think that acknowledging that as my husband would say like celebrate the wins you know we don't drink alcohol it's like how do you celebrate the wins when you don't drink alcohol but we celebrate wins together we go and do it might be a nice dinner or it might be a date day or a lunch or something and you know when you we we have a child together and I have stepchildren and you know, we have a business and 
he, Glenn, my husband's renovating a house and I work full time. Like where the hell do you squeeze in time for each other to celebrate a win? But we do, we, we carve out these precious moments together where we celebrate and we rejoice and we acknowledge that there is joy and we acknowledge when things are good because things cannot be good. You know, we've got a really busy life. And we have some really huge challenges at the moment too. And we're still trudging through some grief because I lost my dad a few months ago and I have a friend who's dying of cancer. And, you know, there's so much hard stuff and complex stuff that if if you are able to better manage your relationship with alcohol, you deserve to give yourself a pat on the back and celebrate that moment, celebrate that good moment and acknowledge it for what it is. Because sometimes the good moments have a lot of bad moments in between. And when you're, when you're adulting and your life is full and busy and, and, you know, wild in the aisles, I think it's so important to just acknowledge when you've done something good for yourself. And being a mindful drinker is the better choice. And then for me personally, and I know there's a whole group of people in the category of sobriety is an even better choice. But either way, I I think it is important to talk about mindful drinking as the gateway to sobriety. And if we can encourage people to become mindful drinkers, I think there's going to be more people that end up in sobriety, or at least in a situation where they are able to have a healthy relationship with alcohol that isn't debaucherous and that isn't going to really have negative impacts. One other thing that I thought I could mention too is you can, again, there's loads of apps and yeah, there's there's apps and templates as well. So you can track your drinks in an app or you, there's a like an alcohol tracking template that you can get. You just can Google it. And that is, again, like a really good way of being mindful and present and acknowledging these are the drinks I'm having, this is how strong they are, and this is the the limit I've given myself and I'm going to honour and acknowledge that. I hope that you guys have found this episode interesting. Again, I you know, I want to reiterate that mindful drinking is something that I kind of really skipped over. I just went straight from I am drinking way too much to I am not drinking ever again, pretty much. That's the short story. And even though I don't really ever say I'm never, never drinking again, I, I don't think I'm ever going to drink again. But I understand that mindful drinking could be the right fit for you. And if you are sober curious and you think that your drinking behavior needs a little bit of attention and it needs to be reined in and it needs to... It needs to be reduced. This is a really great way for you to explore what that looks like for you. And so that is why I really felt that I wanted to give this a really good bit of time with some very practical things that you can do to explore mindful drinking and the wonderful mindful drinking community that exists now and that is only growing. Thank you so much for listening to Last Drinks. If you have a question, you can DM us. We're at Last Drinks Pod on Instagram. I welcome any questions 
And in a few weeks' time, I'm actually doing an AMA episode, an Ask Me Anything episode where I will just respond to audience and listener questions. And I will be doing this with a new friend who I have made through the sobriety community. Her name is Belle Robertson. She has been uh, blogging about her sobriety for a number of years now. And we met through this podcast and we have struck up quite the friendship. She lives in Canada and I have an episode coming out in a few weeks with Belle and her story and her last drink story and what she does now. But we've decided to collaborate and do an AMA episode every few weeks where if you guys want any questions answered, you can send them in and then we'll ask them, we'll answer them together. She's got her experience. I have mine. They're quite different. And so hopefully that will help some people. So look out for that in a few weeks. Until then, take care and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Last Drinks Podcast. If you love this podcast, then subscribe. For more inspiration and to reach out, you can follow us on Instagram at Last Drinks Pod. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.